G'day folks, welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week, I want to look at uh, some recent reports of vulnerabilities and uh, exploits that have been covered. Uh, we actually talked about one of these a few episodes back, Symbiote Malware, that has been uh, torn down again. So I wanted to have another quick look at that. But uh, before that, I actually wanted to cover a series of articles that I found about uh, Linux binary exploitation. Uh, great uh, series here that uh, yeah, we'll talk about a bit later that goes into a lot of the details on how to do um, exploits, how to do uh, that kind of low-level analysis. And uh, yeah, really covers a lot of low-level details that you need to know uh, if you want to get into that kind of thing. Also useful if you're ever doing even just code analysis as well. So we will get into that a bit later. But first, let's do the weekly roundup of security fixes that have gone into supported Ubuntu releases for the past week. There were 22 unique CVEs covered this time. And up first was an update for FreeType. Uh, four different CVEs here for uh, Ubuntu releases 18.04, 20.04, and 22.04 for long-term support. Uh, all of these were various heat buffer overflows that could be triggered from crafted font files. So yeah, if you are using untrusted fonts, I wonder even if web fonts could be affected by that. Uh, but yeah, they have now all been fixed. As well, we had an update for uh, the kernel for some of our OEM devices. That's for uh, Ubuntu 22.04 long-term support. And that's a 5.17 kernel. Uh, I've actually covered most of these vulnerabilities in previous episodes. So yeah, if you haven't listened back to the last few weeks, uh, you might want to do that. But the usual mix of vulnerabilities in different kernel drivers and the like. PHP uh, 8.1 was updated for 22.04 long-term support as well. There was a heat buffer overflow in the fInfo buffer function, and that's actually used to get uh, information on you know, what purports to be, I guess, a binary file or the contents of a binary file passed in as a string to that. In this case, it was a heat buffer overflow that could be triggered through untrusted data in that case uh, and leading to likely denial of service because you could crash PHP or possibly get code execution. But what I found interesting was uh, looking at the upstream documentation for this function, the very first example they show is using it to get the MIME info of a post parameter. So essentially, you know, you're processing untrusted data that's come uh, from a user or whatever, and yeah, you are then feeding it straight into this function. So yeah, I wonder if there's a lot of different um, you know pieces of code out there that would have used similar or used this for similar sorts of functionality that could have well been vulnerable to that. But yeah, you are now a bit safer if you are using PHP 8.1 on 22.04 long-term support. Uh, an update after that for Bottle. This is a Python framework for building web applications. In this case, it failed to handle uh, particular errors properly and therefore could allow a remote request uh, to your web application to trigger an exception and that would lead to denial of service. Vim was updated yet again for our 604 extended security maintenance customers. Yet another out-of-bounds right that's been found uh, looks through fuzzing of Vim. Uh, Image Magic was updated for three CVEs as well for 604 extended security maintenance. Uh, looks like someone's been running in Image Magic uh, via UBSAN, the undefined behavior sanitizer. Uh, they found a number of different cases of possible undefined behavior. Uh, the impact from these is not really clear. I mean, just because something is undefined behavior, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it could lead to a crash, but you know, obviously likely it could, uh, or possible code execution. And finally, Protobuf C was updated for our more recent releases, 20.04 and 22.04 for long-term support. Uh, this is used to compile uh, Google's Protobuf specification down to C code along within a library that you link against that generated code uh, to then be able to marshal and unmarshal or serialize and deserialize uh, your Protobufs. In this case, it had an invalid uh, arithmetic shift. So the previous code would uh, write shift assigned values and that's actually an implementation defined behavior in C. So then depending obviously on what compiler you used, it uh, could have different behavior in the generated code. And as a result, uh, your code could potentially write outside of memory bounds and that kind of thing, you know, therefore a buffer overflow. 
and your crash or code execution is the likely impact of that. Uh, it was fixed just to convert the code to cast to an unsigned type. So before doing the shifts and then that way the behavior of that would be known and could be accounted for properly. All right, and that is it for the weekend security updates. A bit shorter this week, but it does give us lots of time uh, to dive into the next part, which is uh, this series on uh, x64 Linux binary exploitation that I came across. So it's a series of blog posts uh, that was actually done earlier in this year. It looks like between kind of January through to February five-part series and it uh, covers uh, I guess the basics of uh, binary exploitation all the way through to some of the more complicated concepts uh, it essentially starts out by writing a small program that has a stack buffer overflow in it uh, then it goes on disables the various hardening features that are enabled in Ubuntu uh, things like uh, SLR and stack canaries and the like uh, and then you know, develops a simple exploit against that uh, buffer overflow and then the further uh, parts of the uh, blog post series then start progressively enabling some of those hardening features as well as then developing more complicated exploit techniques so uh, things like uh, return to libc uh, rop uh, gadgets and rop chaining uh, the use of stack canaries and essentially how to defeat those and then finally address space layout randomization as well so yeah it's a really cool um, set of articles it's got a lot of good uh, low-level explanations of some of these concepts uh, and they describe things like how memory is laid out and then how to use debuggers to inspect what you're doing uh, and it's yeah really informative uh, i found it actually really useful uh, myself uh, i've looked at a lot of this stuff in the past but not for a few years and so yeah it was a really good refresher so yeah, if you have looked at this stuff uh, previously or if you've never looked at it before a really great uh, overview i guess of some of these low-level concepts uh, presented in a really easy to understand uh, sort of progressive revelation way and yeah, a really good uh, idea, I guess, to get familiar with some of those techniques. So if that's stuff that you've heard about before, like yeah, ROP chains or ASLR and that kind of thing, and you've always wondered, you know, what is that? What does that mean? Well, uh, here's a really good way, uh, I guess, to slowly kind of walk yourself through some of those techniques, uh, some of those features so that you can understand more about it. Uh, you do need to know a little bit of uh, things like uh, x 64 assembler and the like but that's not too hard uh, the other thing I guess it's great about these blog posts as well is they have a reference section at the end of each of them that contains some really good references to things like uh, the x 64 cheat sheet uh, you know, how to use or, you know, a good overview of the x 64 kind of architecture and how debuggers fit into that uh, you know some of the dangers even in C coding and the like uh, you know what processes and registers are you know there's a lot of cool stuff there plus some cool um, you know shout outs to different uh, books and things that you can go refer to uh, one of them that I like myself uh, shellcoders handbook is referred to there uh, but there's also uh, you know lots of others too as well so yeah definitely make sure you check that out if you have ever been interested in some of the more low level aspects of uh, exploitation and that kind of thing uh, leading on from that, then I actually saw uh, that GitHub had published uh, kind of a walkthrough of um, recent CVE in the kernel, CVE 2022-20186. Uh, this actually affected a uh, Android-specific uh, GPU driver, and they kind of detail, I guess, how the, the driver works, how the memory management within that works, some of the code uh, that handles that, uh, and then kind of showing you how that was then vulnerable, how that can be accessed from user space, and then eventually how you can then uh, exploit that to overwrite arbitrary memory. 
It even includes uh, an exploit for uh, the Pixel 6, uh, which was actually patched uh, with the June Pixel update. Uh, so that is patched now. And now GitHub have published their teardown a couple months later, which is good. A uh, good amount of responsible disclosure there. Uh, interesting uh, footnote at the end though, is that they talk about how uh, the patch against the vulnerability was actually visible in the uh, upstream Android tree for a couple of weeks before the vulnerability itself was disclosed and kind of wondering, I guess, about how uh, that kind of works from a uh, disclosure point of view and you know, it makes me wonder, obviously, if you've got people uh, that are keyed into this kind of thing, are paying attention to these trees, you know, they're going to be able to potentially see uh, you know, fixes ahead of the actual uh, vulnerabilities that they are uh, fixing ahead of time and could potentially then have a chance to exploit them as zero days before uh, you know, those patches in the case of, um, you know, so the June Pixel update, those patches were available, but the actual update that ships out to phones hadn't yet gone out. So yeah, it does leave a window there for exploitation. And yeah, uh, I guess hopefully there aren't too many uh, well-versed adversaries looking at this stuff, but you can bet there probably are actually. So yeah, maybe uh, you know Google could do a bit better uh, job of making sure their patches don't go out ahead of the uh, binaries going out to uh, phones and devices and the like. Uh, but yeah, uh, so another thing that I wanted to mention this week was uh, another look again at the Symbiote malware. We talked about this uh, back in episode 163 a few weeks ago. Uh, and so this is uh, yet another teardown of that, uh, a teardown of actually an earlier malware sample of that. But it does go into a lot of good technical detail with different uh sections of the disassembled code and kind of walking through what each of those does and how it all fits together. In that case, I was talking about how it hooks into different functions in libc and the like, and it gives you a really good idea of how that all works at the low level. And actually is a good chance to put to use some of those uh, binary exploitation skills that I talked about uh, just before from that uh, blog post series uh, to good use. So yeah, make sure you check that one out as well. And the other thing I wanted to do this week was actually give a quick shout out to another podcast, uh, which is the Linux User Space podcast. Uh, not really uh, security focused, but Ubuntu focused definitely. In particular, uh, with their most recent episode, 302, uh, they did a uh, really detailed uh, dive back into the history of Ubuntu. It covers every year back from when Ubuntu was first started in 2004 all the way through to now, along with the major developments along the way and the highlights, as well as uh, some of the lowlights, unfortunately. But, you know, that is life uh, along the way. It is a great walk down memory lane. You know, if you've been uh, into Ubuntu and Linux for a long time, then I'm sure there will be many things there that will uh, pique your interest. Or if even if you're not, if you're new to it all, it gives you a great, uh, I guess, background into how things started, uh, kind of how they've got to where they are and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's not really security specific, as I said, but it is a great listen. Uh, beware, it does go for over uh, one and a half hours. It's nearly two hours long. Uh, and the Ubuntu kind of history, the atopic tale of Ubuntu does start uh, at about 10 minutes into it, 9 minutes 45 to be exact. All right. So that is it for this week's episode. If you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. We also hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on libera.chat. And we're on Twitter too at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. We'll be back again with you all next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.